Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we talk about Blizzard and their games. I'm Matt, I'm the host, and I'm not going to talk about restaurants. With me this week are two fantastic co-hosts. Uh, I haven't introduced her first in a while, so I'm going to now. Ann Stickney does everything for us. Hi, Ann. What's up? Hi. I, I, it's so weird when you throw in those little segues to stuff that we were talking about on the pre-show, because people no that are listening knows. to the actual yeah. show aren't going to, like, they don't care Anyway, they care. No, I refuse to believe they don't care. They care a great deal. Okay. They just have no idea what we're talking about. All right. Well, it was it was a lengthy, extended conversation on things that the millennials are killing. So, speaking of which, we should introduce mm-hmm. the millennials. <laughs> ah, yeah, sure. Why not? Hi, he's Mitch. He likes swimming pools. He wants to go into one very badly. What's up, Mitch? You've made a mockery of this intro. I have really. We we have. <laughs> what have you been up to, Mitch? Um, I mean, you're going to get the Animal Crossing thing out of the way. Go for it, man. Come I on. Have, I He's not playing... because he hasn't been in it. <laughs> I know. I've, I've been. Yeah. <laughs> and clearly knows. Um, no, I've actually been playing a lot of Fortnite because um, it, it just came out on the Switch uh, last week. And my brother ended up getting it and it has cross platform play. So we've just been playing together like he'll be on the Switch and I'll be on my computer in the same room, like coordinating. It's super cool. Um, but Ew, outside I'm of gonna that, I'm going to play Fortnite. I'm going to ignore all my animal friends and my friends in game and not collect any furniture anymore or help with well, any events. <laughs> well, I do get to build in Fortnite, so there's a little bit of excitement and, you know, home decorating. But Do you uh, get to talk to a llama on the regular? There are actually llama pinatas, and there is a giant llama made out of, like, like a, a giant wooden llama made out of tons and tons of. Okay, but do you get to, like, collect fish and bugs for your best animal pals and delight in the simplicity of life? No, you do not. Okay. you do not do that. I'm just saying. (laughs) Anyhow. By this this rubric, every game is inferior to Animal Crossing. (laughs) 
Relatively yes. few games have this uh, this feature that allows you to collect bugs and insects for your animal friends. Bugs Tell and insects are the same thing. It's bugs and fruit. And, they really like animal fruit. Crossing, Fortnite crossover win? Oh, oh yeah. Um, Epic Lurker, yes, cross-platform as long as you don't play on PS4 because Sony's a butt. Um, I have also been, I recently started actually a seasonal character in Diablo and Rossi. Yeah. It's Barbarian. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Sorry? I thought you'd be thrilled. Oh, no. Well, I'm sorry for the barbarians. They have you in there now. Hey, I have a nice Rossi, little Rossi, come that... on. He's making one good decision in his life. You should encourage that. No, because here's the thing. I judge my life. I have a barometer of what to do at any given moment. And if Mitch is doing that, that throws it off because the barometer says, no, no, don't do it. Mitch is doing it. <laughs> Mitch is switching to Horde because he wants to be a Forsaken. Mitch, I'm going oh, okay. to need you to roll a warrior. <laughs> oh, can it be my main? He already has a warrior. That doesn't count. I do have a warrior, actually. Oh, do you? Yeah. I have one. I, mean, I just haven't main, leveled though. it. It's at level 20 because it's light forged. I just haven't gotten around to leveling it. Mine yet. is currently like 104, and it's wearing the cloth heirlooms and a, a shield that looks like a, a ship's steering wheel. Cool. Don't yeah. don't mind me being grouchy about Animal Crossing. It's just they didn't mention anything about Animal Crossing at all at E3, and I'm still annoyed about oh, it. Oh, yeah, no. no I mean, I, I'll tell you, I was upset they didn't announce Diablo 3 for the Switch, because, oh my god, would that be a good move. Uh, yeah, that I would also be get... a good move, and nothing was said along those lines, either. They, they don't I usually mean... announce stuff at E3. Like, actually, Blizzard has never announced oh, stuff Blizzard, at E3. Blizzard is, the only thing they really did at E3 was the panel about storytelling. For Blizzard, the big, the big shows are Gamescom and their own convention I and they, I, understand. I seem to remember like a few years back they announced a hero for heroes of the storm at one of the late night panels at e3 oh that but maybe? yeah I, I don't but remember. that was they like it wasn't like do. a big announcement or anything it was yeah. just hey here's what the new here i was it i think it was i think it was one of the heroes of the storm heroes where they just kind of revealed it there and i mean they were going to reveal it on a stream somewhere anyway, so why not a stream from E3? Because yeah, not? and at that point, the heroes probably leaked or like part of the the list, so people. And Maticus pointed out they have announced Hearthstone at PAX before too. So yes, yeah, yeah. PAX. I, I knew there was one that wasn't Gamescom or BlizzCon, but I couldn't remember what it was. I just knew it wasn't E3. PAX is yeah. pretty big. We should probably talk about some you know top stories because things happen, uh, and we should talk about them. Uh, first up, with all the top stories, I want the one I wanted to talk about because Mitch would want to talk about it. I would think um, the Alteric Pass maps now live for Heroes. Am I correct on this? Yes, it is. Uh, as of Tuesday, yesterday, the nineteenth. Okay. So as we're recording this yesterday, but you know, if you're listening to it not live, a few days ago, um, have you gotten to play it? I know. I know Alex got. To I play it. actually, I have not had a chance to play it yet. Um, I do appreciate the fact that they kind of subtly tied it into the lore that they were working on before. Like the Raven Lord apparently recruited the Horde and the Queen of Thorns uh, recruited the Alliance. And uh, the Raven Lord was in the, the premiere trailer and he was kind of like, hmm, I'm flying over and looking at these guys. They, you know, come in handy. So that, that was kind of hinted at in the trailer. And I guess there are references to it in the map as well, which is really nice. Um, so that bit's cool. And it, you know, again, Alterac's a favorite. All of the skins look phenomenal, and it, it's hard not to just throw my money at Blizzard right now because they have all admit, the Alliance yeah. crossover skins. I've, I've got to admit, the Horde Johanna skin was pretty cool. Yeah, um, the the Spirit Healer uh, Aluriel is just 
I, I think that's the favorite of them all. Like, they're all really good. But that one is just, God, it's so good. But yeah, I haven't actually had a chance to play it. Um, as far as I know, they haven't released any, like, update patches for URL. URL. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting to see. Usually they're a little little more reactive on that, but eh. Uh, I wasn't really expecting it really away because usually they make them OP and then patch them, but they didn't. From what I can ha- tell, almost everybody thinks Sorel is underpowered. So yeah, that's that's I'm still yeah. It's I guess it's a bit of an exception all around. Also, I gotta say, just because I still miss him, I, I did like Varian's skin for the new thing that the Super Alliance skin they gave him. Oh yeah, like, he has the he has the Grand Marshal skin, which is I I think it's the same as the Grand Marshal like. It's not. No, it's not. It looks oh, it's not like it. It, it, it. It's akin to it, but trust me, I had that thing. It took Doesn't its like inspiration that. from that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it's called Grand Marshals, whatever. But there's a, yeah, isn't they, there a color variant a, that's called Stromgard? There is. There's a color variant called Stromgard, and there's a color variant called um, Kulturin, uh, and both of those are also very good looking. Again, all of the Horde and Alliance skins that they added to Heroes of the Storm are just fantastic. Um, it's hard not to just... Buy them all. I just find it hilarious that there's a Vandar Muradin, and uh, I think there's a Drek'thar. Drek'thar, Rhaegar, yeah, that's the yeah. one I, I couldn't place. That They're calling place. it Chaos Warlord, but there's, there's, Frost, there's Frostwolf Warlord, Garrosh, Drek'thar, there's Drek'thar, Rhaegar as well. They're different ones. Sorry about the Chaos Warlord thing, guys. Uh, yeah, so there's actually an Alterac Drek'thar and then a Draenor Drek'thar for oh. uh, Rhaegar. So that's... that's yeah. That's the, some cool stuff in my opinion. Is, really is one cool. of them in a wheelchair? Oh. I don't think so. But okay. no, yeah. Well, there's this quest that you do in Terran Mill where you go talk to Drek'thar yeah. at Alterac oh. Valley and he's like, he's in a wheelchair because it's like after the shattering. They, they yeah, need like, to. Nah, I'm not helping you guys. They haven't resolved that at all. Like, no, they haven't. Like, what happened to him after that? Is he still up there in his wheelchair, or did, like, did he die? What's going on with... I don't know, but I found it really that. funny, because I did um, the interview that I did with uh, Afrasiabi a few years ago at BlizzCon. We were talking about various things, and I mentioned the whole Drek'thar in the wheelchair thing, and he said, yeah, he did that. And he was grinning, <laughs> like this evil grin, and he said, I showed that to Metzen, and he was like, you dick. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on the podcast. I mean, no, I you to are. Myself. As long anyway. as long as you're potentially calling him Richard, then it. Well, yeah. Anyway, I, I was like, you guys are just mean to each other. <laughs> that is great, though. I love stories it was pretty, like that. It was pretty brutal. I mean, it was brutal when it happened in the Shattering too. I remember, like reading the scenes with Drek'thar and going no you aren't going to kill Drek'thar are you please don't because I really like him <laughs> and they didn't but I mean he's very old he is very old at this point so yeah um, so yeah that that's going on uh, yeah. we should probably um I don't know how much we covered last week we the end cover, of the season we uh, did we talk six, about that overwatch the end of the season no we didn't because that happened like no, we didn't talk about that at all. The end of the season, end of season one of Overwatch League, it's over with. And the winners for stage four, <laughs> Los Angeles Valiant pulled it out. I was, I was, I am very I wasn't pleased. watching, but I was watching Twitter react. And oh. man, it, it it sounded like a... The, yeah. the last matches, like the last matches for stage four were amazing. I think, I don't know how many of them went to a game five, but a lot of, or no, 
No, they were at game five because it was like the final stuff. So they played like the five games or whatever. And it was who whoever won the best out of five won their little oh. thing there. But yeah, uh, Valiant. Valiant managed to take it and I wasn't sure that they were going to be able to um they ended up I think like their final match well <laughs> their final match the gladiators chose to play the valiant in the uh title matches they said we want to play the valiant um we oh, want to have another LA versus cool. LA showdown because it's the best of the best and why not um, and then the Gladiators ended up losing and the Valiant ended up moving on. But, it, I mean, it was a 3-2. So it came down to that final map. And it was the same thing. <laughs> the Excelsior were playing the Dallas Fuel. And it came down to 3-2. The Excelsior managed to win the last map. Um, as far as the final matchup, it was between the Valiant and New York Excelsior. And the Valiant took it 3-1, to which was pretty great. I mean, I was really excited. Wow. Yeah, I was really excited. And it right now going into the playoffs, it's the division leaders are the Excelsior and the Valiant. And then the other teams involved are going to be the Boston Uprising, Los Angeles Gladiators, London Spitfire, and Philadelphia Fusion. So those are your six teams going into the playoffs. Um, I'm not sure exactly how that's all going to play out because that's next month. Um, so we've got like a little bit of break in between. Um which is a little weird because now I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> <laughs> Overwatch League, I did not expect it to be quite as insidiously addicting as it is. I mean, I, I, I don't watch it like every night or anything like that. But when you I want... You can get really into it. Even you if can get like... really into it. If I turn it on, I know I'm going to have... It doesn't matter who's playing. I'm going to have a good time watching it. Yeah, um, exactly. So yeah, it 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 was I mean, the stage 4, the stage 4 playoffs were pretty nuts and the end of it all was great. Um it was nice to see the Valiant take it. So it wasn't just another Excelsior win cuz I think they won last time in the time before, didn't they? I don't, I don't remember. The Excelsior has won a lot. Um and I was glad to see one of the LA teams actually make it all the way. So that's cool. Um uh... Not necessarily Overwatch, but esports stuff. Uh, the HGC midseason brawl actually wrapped up this weekend as well. Um, okay. I believe it was Gen G that won. Um, someone in chat, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I, I missed the game, and I really want to watch the VOD because uh, people were freaking out over it, and it sounded like it was a really, really good finisher. Um, but yeah, that wrapped up this weekend as well. So right. now we got a little bit of esports break. So. Move on to some other stuff. Uh, the I PTR was, has been getting I, pretty... No, wait. I was going to say, what we should talk yeah. about is we should talk about the fact that there was a Q&A, dev Q&A last week. Yeah, that's true. Because that a dev was Q&A. after... Oh, last yeah. Thursday? Yeah, it was after so. the show, because um, we had the show on Wednesday. The Q&A came out on Thursday, and they said during the Q&A, hey, by the way, the 8.0 PTR is going up right now. So... Yeah, and it's it's up. Uh, that's actually what I was going to talk about anyway. So, yeah. yeah. The PTR is up right now. Um, you can test what the uh, new patch, the pre-patch will look like. Um, one of the things that was interesting during that Q&A was Ian hinted but didn't actually say when this thing's dropping. He, he was like, well, we're two months away from the, the next expansion. And you can look historically at how long it's been uh, before the next pa- the patch drops and how long it waits till the next expansion to get an idea of when this will be dropping, which puts this in the middle of July. Um, Which is not surprising since not the surprising. 32-bit support ends, uh, what is it, July 3rd? Yeah. About that, yeah. Or, yeah. Which, 
I mean, that doesn't, he has not said this will be dropping in July. That should be clear. No one has said when we will be getting the pre-patch. He just said you can look at previous pre-patches and make a guess based on that. So for now, tenuously. I think he said that people were pretty good at guessing this kind of thing yeah. too. So Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's it's not super surprising, yeah. but uh, one of the things Colorado, that should, yeah. Sorry, I was going to say, Colorado in chat was saying, still waiting for the mage tower to go up nonstop. And yeah, me too. Uh, I'm I'm still kind of flabbergasted that it hasn't because they announced it like a week and a half ago. I'm going to point out in the near future. It's not on the uh, PTR. I'll tell you that right now. In fact, I don't even know if it still exists on the PTR because when I went to the PTR, I couldn't. I went there. Yeah, which, to the that's thing. the exact thing. Is I'm still in in the camp that believes that challenges are going away in 8.0 and not at lead uh, battle for azeroth launch on august 13th or 14th or whatever um which means it's they don't have much time left to make this thing permanent yeah if it even if at this point even if they said next week next tuesday okay from now until the next patch the uh tower will be up that's only like two three weeks at most yeah exactly so moving away from that though for people wondering what exactly is going to be in 8.0 uh, the item squish is going to be in 8.0, obviously. Oh, yeah. It's uh, huge, too. War mode is going to be available in 8.0, and all of the new PvP talents and PvP system where your talents are, like, on the side of your talent pane and all that, all of that is going to be enabled on the PTR. Well, in 8.0, you can see it in action on the PTR right now. There's some spoiler stuff on the PTR. Uh, there's some obviously precursor event stuff for Battle for Azeroth going on right now. So there's like a really long storyline surrounding that. Um, your artifacts are no longer working as of well, 8.0. <laughs> there's they, a quest chain involving that too. You should. I want to clarify that real fast. Mm-hmm. They don't... What, what's gone from your artifact is the traits mm-hmm. and the, the, the bonus powers from your relics. Relics still boost the item level and it still is a high item level weapon. Like it's like yeah, it's just item all level the little the little talent tree and everything for your weapon that's gone. Yeah. Um, it, you're not you're not left standing there with something you can't use at all. <laughs> yeah, they don't leave you with like a, a cloth or no a cloth a gray sword of the whale or something like that. Like you still yeah. got your. It's weapon. like the opposite of the old legendary yeah. chains where it's like you start <laughs> out with a, a rare and go to a legendary eventually. No, you, no you we're do gonna actually... give you the best thing in the world, and we're going to replace it with a toothpick. Half foot. They do still, yeah, it, it does still work. So it, it's just not. It doesn't give you all the bonus powers you have right now. Yeah. So that's one of the things. It's going to feel weird when when this drops, guys, because you're going to be like all the stuff you're used to is going to be gone. Can Can yeah. I interject real quick to tie this into the uh, the Q and A? This is a point of contention for me and several others. Ian basically said that a couple specs in the game, Shadow Priest among them, Enhancement Shaman is another, and there were two or... Elemental Shaman. Elemental Shaman, and one or two more after that. Um, He basically said, yeah, we realize they don't feel good right now. We're going to bump the numbers up so that they're still competitive, but they will probably receive overhauls in patch 8.1 because the overhaul, like, they just don't have time for that before launch. And I'm not super happy about that, and I know a lot of people aren't. Um, It's sort of, it's just not sitting well with people, and uh, it kind of sucks going into 8.0 knowing, hey, I'm going to feel a lot worse than I did yesterday. Um, But it might get better in, you know, two months or whatever when they do the patch. So that's that's something that, I don't know, I guess point of debate to kind of consider. Is it 
is it better to do that? Is it better to launch Battle for Azeroth when they said and have like classes that they admit don't feel good, even though feedback throughout the entire alpha beta cycle has been saying they don't feel good? Are they severely underperforming? Well, that's the thing, though. It's it's not an underperformance issue. If it's um, not it, an underperformance issue, like if you are still able to pull the kinds of numbers that you need to be competitive in whatever it is you happen to be doing, then I think it's perfectly okay for them to like hold off on that, hold off yeah, on and the that's, major and overhaul. That's the, that's the thing that he said. He's he said they would bring the numbers in line. You would be competitive. You'd still be able to perform, but the rotations just feel bad and the specs feel clunky. And that's the kind of thing that yeah, I know you're not going to put off the entire expansion for the sake of a couple specs, but for those specs, it's just it's sort of a crappy thing to hear. One of the things that I do want to mention that's going to be on the PTR that's actually really cool. Um, legacy loot mode is on the well I went and after I wrote the article on it I went and checked on it myself and it's everything the the original we the, we posted a video from somebody and I'm sorry I don't remember your name right now but it was a very cool video you did a really good job um, basically if you go on the, the PTR right now you can test this uh, things are still not balanced right so if you go trying to do like Ordos you're gonna die don't go don't try and go do ordos yet he will kill you that's also um, something ian mentioned during the q a is that that stuff is going to happen later don't worry you're going to be able to solo old raids just as you can but the numbers tuning on that is one of the last very done. briefly to mention that that video was from hazel nutty games and it was a very good oh, video. oh she's that's yeah a, she's video. awesome Yep. But so, so uh, when I went in myself, I went to uh, a Burning Crusade dungeon. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's the one with all the Naga Steam Vaults. I went to Steam Vaults, and uh, you kill. Basically, what happens is everything is the same until you kill a boss. When you kill a boss, instead of getting an, uh, just an item or maybe nothing based on you know your loot spec, it just drops a bunch of items on his loot table the way it used to. Like if you'd run a dungeon back in the day. And it would, you know, a boss might be, might drop two or three pieces and like, you know, maybe it'd be nothing anybody wanted, but they'll, he might drop those. That's how it works. Uh, it's, it's, it engages the second you go into a dungeon that is 10 or more levels below you. So if you were level 120 and you went to a Legion dungeon, it would engage. You would have the, uh, the legacy okay. thing going. And uh, the way it basically works, and it's the same for raids, it's the same for five mans. Uh, if you do a flex size dungeon, like if you do a flex size raid, uh, it generates loot as if you had 20 people with you. So it generates like four, like four or so pieces. And those pieces can be cloth if you're on a plate class. They can be healing gear on a non-healing class. It's whatever's on the loot it's table. It's anything from the loot table, which exactly. I love. If I you're love. like a, yeah. If you're, as an example that I'm pulling out of nowhere because I've never met anyone like this, if you were a rogue who liked to wear cloth outfits because you think they look pretty, pretty, pretty you could dresses? collect them. Yes, you can collect them now. Who wants to um, do that? I don't know. Yeah, that seems great. weird. If you're looking for, a, if you were looking for a, like a healing mace because you like the model and you want to use it as a, like say a, a rogue, that's now possible. You can get that healing mace. It, it literally just throws the loot at you. It doesn't like That's... drop their entire loot table. It drops, like I said, if you're doing a fle- if you're doing a raid that has a flex size, it drops about as much as it would have if you had 20 people with you. If you're doing a five man, it drops like it did back in the day when you would run a five man and have like you know five people, and it would drop two or three pieces. That's it's basically how it works. So you I, actually I'm... do get more blues, but you don't get. Yeah. It doesn't get. Um, it doesn't affect anything else. It doesn't affect boes. It doesn't affect greens. It doesn't affect trash drops. 
I'm especially excited about the you can loot stuff that's not intended for your spec or class or whatever. Because they're like, and this is still a thing that comes up like when you're grouped with uh, like if you're doing old runs with your guild, which I've you know my team does on Saturdays, um, you'll have the whole raid there and it will be like need greed and you can't need it for transmog even if you do need it in your transmog set just because it has like intellect instead of agility or something and even if no one else needs it you can't roll need on it and that that's a really nice change uh just in general because there are a lot of stuffs for other specs and roles that look really cool that you just couldn't get yeah it's it is definitely balanced around that and it's from what I can tell by running it, it works for just about everything. There didn't seem to be any bumps. It didn't it didn't unbalance the dungeon in terms of how much money you get for doing it. Like maybe you'll get an extra twenty to go thirty gold. Maybe. Like if it's a high enough enough level dungeon. So it's not it's not what people were worried about. It's not like anything like it's gonna unbalance things. It's just a nice thing for people who like to transmog farm or who are completionists. Like there's that dress that drops off of the the boss in AQ forty. The, the pink one. Yeah, if you were trying to uh, do that for the, a while. No, the pink one is, I think, AQ20. I think... The no, pink one is bad. AQ20. The blue one is from the flying boss in yeah. AQ. There's also a kind of yellow-green one that drops from the queen bug with the trio bug. And there's a gold one that drops later on. Not yeah. that I've yeah. farmed all of these. Yeah. No, uh, no, not at all. <laughs> if you've been trying to get those, because I know lots of people who have been trying to get those, now you can get try to get those again, even if you're on your paladin. Which uh, a lot of paladins want one of those dresses because it's a dress that a lot of paladins wore back in the day, and now they but can't. No, get. It it wouldn't. It still is not going to unlock it for your transmog set. Like you can't no, but you on can, your paladin. You can have it. But yes, you can actually you can have equip it. it. You can have on, it drop and then equip it. If you're on an RP server and you're going to an RP event or whatever, you don't really care about the whole transmog function of things, you will totally yeah, slap yeah. on gear that's not from your class or whatever. So this kind of thing is particularly nice for role players. But yeah, all of this stuff is going on on the PTR. The PTR is available now. Character copy is working. It wasn't working yesterday. It was a little iffy over the past couple of days. They finally got it enabled, so you can go ahead and copy your main over there. Check out the quests, check out the stuff, test out the things if you feel like it. If you're avoiding spoiler material, maybe don't test it out. Because <laughs> there's um, a lot actually, there. It's it's not on our list, but speaking of RP servers, uh, you found out some interesting That's information. That's what about. I was just Head going on. to lead into. Cool! Mitch. That's why I was wrapping that up. <laughs> well, Anne, that thing I didn't just say, go ahead and talk about it. <laughs> As far as Battle for Azeroth goes, there's actually kind of a major change coming that not a lot of people know, knew about. Um, I was contacted by Ellipse, who is the author for Total RP3. It's one of those role-playing add-ons where you can type in your profile and look at other people's profiles and that kind of thing. If you don't play on an RP server, probably don't notice it. You probably don't use it. Probably don't even know that it's there. The only people that can see it are other role players that have that add-on or have one of the other role-playing add-ons out there like My Roleplay or uh, X Roleplay. There's there's several others that are kind of like regional. Um, so Ellipse contacted me to point out that Blizzard is doing something kind of remarkable and different this time around. Uh, the thing with role-playing add-ons is that a lot of people were like, well, why don't they put role-playing add-on functionality in-game? And I said, well, it's because they'd have to, like, police the content in it and do all this other stuff, and that would just be, it'd be kind of a logistical nightmare. So the downside to that, the fact that it's a third-party add-on, it means that if people write terrible things in their RP profiles, nobody can do anything about it. Blizzard can't do anything about it because they don't, it's a third-party add-on. They don't have access to any of that information. 
they don't have proof that anything is going on and it's out of their hands so they they just they can't do anything about it um this has been getting kind of worse and worse over the years and ellipse was talking about receiving several reports of players writing you know just outright personal harassment in RP profile add-ons or doxing in RP profile add-ons. And that's even worse because you're putting a player's personal information into something that all of a sudden a lot of other people can read. And all they have to do is mouse over your name. That's not good. And Ellipse couldn't figure out what to do about it. So he went to Blizzard and asked for some help for some some way to deal with that kind of issue and that kind of problem, some kind of tool that would help with that. They came out with a new function, I guess you want to call it a function. It's called send add-on message logged. And what it does, if an add-on creator enables this in whatever add-on that they have, any custom text that somebody types into that add-on, any user submitted text that's put in that add-on, will automatically be logged and Blizzard will be able to see it. In other words, if you see something terrible in somebody's role-playing add-on, you can open up a report to Blizzard and say, hey, I saw this in this person's add-on and it violates the code of conduct and can you do something about it? And Blizzard will be able to actually go look up that information, just like you had typed it and say, um... This That's is, pretty awesome. It's a pretty big deal. It's a pretty big deal because we've never had anything like it before. So it means that players finally have like the means to report this kind of thing if they see this kind of thing happening. And Blizzard has the means to do something about it because they'll actually have the logs of that. Um, obviously, like I said, it's up to the individual add-on author whether or not they include that send add-on message logged in the functionality of their add-on. Ellipse is adding it to Total RP3. It will be added to my roleplay. It will be added to the Mary Sue protocol. That's the, the function that allows these different RP add-ons to talk to each other. So if oh. I have, like, say, for example, if I have Total RP3 and somebody else has my roleplay, I'll still be able to see what's in their profile even though they're using a different add-on because of that Mary Sue protocol. Because these add-ons are going to have that functionality added in, it means that if you are using this add-on, do not put anything in your RP profile that you wouldn't put in Say or in general chat <laughs> because Blizzard will be able to see it. And yeah, I know in the article I mentioned, I'm looking at you, Goldshire, uh, there's some wholly inappropriate RP profiles out there, guys. And come battle for Azeroth, you'll be able to report them. So feel free to do that. Okay. I cool. would never have expected that. I didn't expect anything like that to be happening either. No, um, I mean I mean the RP community being misbehaving. I would oh. never have expected that. Well, then, well, the thing yeah. is, is like the people that do this aren't necessarily members of the RP community. Yeah, they're just trolls. They're trolling in the best way that they know how. <laughs> they won't be able to do it anymore. Or if they try it, they can actually have action taken against them, which is a good thing. <laughs> I'm glad that we're getting tools to deal with that kind of thing now. It's kind of nice. Cool. All right. Tools. Well, <laughs> one thing I want to mention just before we move on. Uh, also, right now in the beta... They've they've added the Azerite Reforgers. The, there's one for the Horde and one for the Alliance. They're both in the new capitals. Um, Dar, I want to say Darzalor. Is that how you pronounce that? Darzalor. I, I don't know. Darzalor. 
Zaralor. Thank you. Was one in, was one in Dazaralor and one in Boralis. The Boralis one's like right in the uh, you know the trade area, so it's like real easy to get to. From what I understand, the Dazaralor one is not as easy to get to, but they're in now. Um, basically, they allow you to reforge your your Azerite gear, which is the shoulder helmet and I want to say chest, shoulder helmet and chest, or is it shoulder the, helmet? And... I, it's a chest. I mean, I think you do get yeah. the Azerite get forging for your chest piece. That's, so it's yeah, shoulder, it's shoulder it's, helmet, and chest are the pieces that you get Azerite um, armor uh, in. Right, hold on, I, is it just those? I know those are the one, the first yes, ones you it's get. Just, but... it's just those three. That's it. Oh, really? Okay. I thought it was um, uh, more nope, than that. just those three. But uh, you can have one in each slot, obviously. But then, yeah, that's yeah. It. But um, one of the th- interesting things about the reforging thing is that it starts off at five gold, and then it increases by a multiple of two every time you do it. So if you reforge twice you will go from 5 gold to 20 gold because it'll go 5, 10, 20. Um, if you reforge, say, 10 times, every time multiplies by 2. So you will quickly, quickly have it up to like several thousand gold. It does not take long for it to go way, way up. And there's no upper limit to that cost. Nope, no upper limit. It just multiplies by 2 every single time you do it. it if you it, sat there and reforged every time, it would quickly be millions of gold. Is it, It's per item, though, not per slot, right? No, it's every time you do it. So if you reforge your helmet once... It's not tied to the piece. It's tied to the function of reforging. Yeah. Oh, not, it's not even tied to the slot. Okay. So you reforge your helmet, it'll go up to 10 gold. You reforge your chest after that, 20 gold. You reforge your shoulders after that, 40 gold. That and, seems a little... Yeah. But the, this is basically... Stay straight up on this one. This is a, to keep you from wanting to do it too much. Uh, and to serve as a gold sink, because some people have 5 million gold. So, you know, hey, uh, if you're buying dinosaur mounts, they figure you can handle reforge costs. But there is a there are a couple mechanisms in place here to keep it from being too ridiculous. If you go three days without reforging, the price that your current reforge is at drops by half. So if you're up to 40 gold and you don't reforge for three days, it drops to 20 gold. If you go another three days, it will then drop to 10 gold. So it does go down it, again. There's a slow decay there. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's basically what's going to what I think is going to happen is people are going to end up ca- having more than one piece for those slots, and they're just going to re- have them differently forged, and they'll leave them alone. They won't. You have know. you played with the with with like Azerite gear, Rossi? I've only a little bit because I only have the hat and the chest. Okay, I was going to say I've played with the chest piece, and I honestly the whole re- reforging aspect of things you can. I don't see a situation where I'd really desperately want to reforge something immediately. And no, it's so, almost certainly it's a, it's for people who are going to be trying to min max the heck out of it. Well, and it, Cause it's when also, you reforge it, well, one more thing before I let you do yeah, it. Yeah, go ahead. One, one, when you reforge, it changes every trait on the item. It doesn't just say, okay, well I want to have a different trait on the first ring, but I don't care about the second. Nope. You reforge, it dumps everything and you have to redo the whole item again. It, yeah. You go, you go through the process all over. It's sort of like, um, Old school. Re- if people re-spec. remember classic, the first time that they implemented respecking your. Te- Do you remember when they did that? It was uh, so phenomenal. Vanilla. Because like originally, originally the original iteration of the game, and we should segue into talking about that too while we're at it. After this, though, um, originally you couldn't. Once you had picked a talent, that was it. You were stuck with it. <laughs> That was it. Unless your class rebalance patch came around. And and then yeah, if if you got a class 
class balance like a patch thing that came around then they would reset all of your talents so you could choose all over again but once you had chosen that was it you were locked in and then when they introduced changing being able to respec your talents everybody just flipped out because it was this amazing amazing thing but the cost man yeah the cost quickly became prohibitive but yeah um that's this is not a dissimilar system to that it is in many ways it's old school respecking for these items so but it's in yeah you're not picking your talents though you're picking the talents on that individual piece of gear you've got that's Which all. you can get rid of, get rid of by switching to a different piece of gear. So yeah. So the two things I want to say is one, I think a three-day reduction. I don't know. I, I think I would rather they do it on a weekly lockout. I feel like, especially for people who are min maxing, that's going to be just a huge pain to like. Oh, my three-day window is hitting right in the middle of the raid. Now I'm, I can finally go back and redo it. Like I, I don't know. I think people are going to try to strategically figure out when to reset but also as far as not needing to they have said that later on like mythic rating mythic dungeons uh heroic rating whatever azurite traits are going to feel more like set bonuses like the 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 traits themselves are going to get a lot more interesting a lot more powerful um and probably a lot more specific uh or like one's fit for aoe one's fit for single target that kind of thing so even if they don't feel like that right now, there's a decent chance that the uh, the need to reforge or the desire to reforge will be tied to later iterations of Azurite traits. Yeah, that makes sense. But for right now, we know what it will be. We know what it will cost. And we know that Horde players are going to get annoyed having to go like actually take a flight flying point just to get to the reforger. It's not that far away. It's just down in the Grand Bazaar at the bottom of the pyramid. It's not. Don't make it sound it's, like it's some kind of epic trek because it's not. It's, it's you climb up a mountain. There's there's several people there's who die like on the way. Stair, there's yeah. stairwells. <laughs> You just go down the stairs, or you can take the flight path and just hop down real quick. It's not far you away, need, You guys. need to be carrying Fulgian's ashes. It's the whole thing. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so yeah, that's... Moving I think on, that's though. Much, yeah, that's pretty much we it were, for news, right? No, because we were talking about, like I said, we were talking about Classic. Mm-hmm. There was a Dev Water Cooler that came out that was actually talking about Classic WoW. Okay. We also have an email talking about Classic WoW, so we, I don't know if we want to talk about it now or wait for the email. Let's oh, just... hold on real quick, though. Maticus did point something out as well of, as far as Azerite goes. Um, it is, it's not per spec. Like, if, if you have a piece of gear and you take a trait that's Shadow, being a priest, obviously, and then you make a mistake and go Discipline, and, like, you need a trait that works for Discipline, you do have to reforge that. Like, it, these are not, like, talents that change per spec. They are per gear, and if you use gear across multiple specs... That's when you need to reforge, regardless of you know how good the trait is. If you want a trait that's useful for that spec, if you have any that's spec specific for a different spec, gotta reforge. And that does kind of suck. I, I think. Okay, but okay. yeah, and you were just saying about the uh, classic servers water There's, cooler. Yeah, there was a water cooler that was actually talking about classic servers, and this is kind of the first news that we've gotten as far as classic WoW um, and the plans for classic WoW. Like we. The the only thing that we had gotten was at BlizzCon where they said effectively, yeah, we're going to do it. And that's all they said, right? <laughs> so this is the first thing that we've we've gotten about it. And what they're going to do, they've been deliberating over what version of Classic to go with. And they decided that they're going to go ahead and go with 1.12 Drums of War, which was the last patch that they had before Burning Crusades pre-patch. Uh, 
I'm going to point out that when we were writing all the various pieces about this when they first announced it, uh, yeah. I'm the one that said that they were going to do 1.12 because it was the last World of Warcraft patch, and thus it was and the I finality. Mean, that was the logical one. choice. That was really uh, the people, logical choice. People did not agree with me at all. <laughs> really? Oh my god, people were like very upset with this idea. Um, and it didn't matter what patch you proposed, people got upset. So I think it's interesting that they went with 1.12. I think, I think I'm cool with them going with 1.12 because by the time 1.12 rolled out, they had done, remember we were talking about all those class overhauls? Yeah. Yeah, yeah those rolled 1. out. 1.12 is, yeah. Those rolled out in patches. And by the time they did 1.12, I think everybody had gotten their class overhaul. I'm pretty sure everybody had gotten their class overhaul. So, I mean, it just makes sense. It just makes sense to put it out there because that's like the the fullest experience that you'll get of class everything that was in classic was in 1.12 um they also decided it's gonna have the aq it's gonna have everything but they also they also said that obviously stuff that doesn't belong there like transmog and achievements stuff that wasn't introduced until way 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 later those are that's not going to be included it's yeah, very they... much going to be a classic experience. The other thing that they pointed out, which I thought was kind of interesting, was they were talking about the prototypes and they were also talking about how engineering has changed between the original iteration of the game and now and how they're going to have to put that together. It's a really, it's a tech heavy but fascinating read. So if you haven't checked out that water cooler, you should. Yeah, if it's, you're interested it's really, in how this it's is really getting cool. done. Yeah. Um, and a, a lot of people actually seem pretty happy with 1.12 as as the chosen patch. I know everybody had different opinions on what it should be, and not everyone's going to be happy. But in general, people seem seem happy that they decided on that and happy to just have news. And honestly, the only other option I could have seen was them starting at the beginning and then going through cycles like one month after launch, this is when this patch came out. So we're doing that again. And that's honestly, that seems like a lot more work than they need to put into vanilla servers. Like I think everybody want to give people the classic playground. That's what they're going to do. Exactly. Yeah. Give us a sandbox and we'll do it. Okay. Now we can do email. Sorry, Rossi. That's fine. Uh, If you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with podcast or blizzardwatch in the subject line. So we know it's for the show. Um, Since Anne's going to read them, I now hand it back to Anne. And first email is from Era Landry who says, greetings watchers, and conveniently enough talks about what we just discussed. In reading the developer Water Cooler on WoW Classic, it appears that they can deliver Classic WoW using the current game engine by updating the original backend database to be compatible with the current engine. Does this not mean that they will have a pre-cataclysm data set that is compatible with the current game? Do you think that there's any chance that they could import this new database into the current game and give us access to the pre-cataclysm world via a Caverns of Time type mechanism? The classic WoW rule set and limitations hold no real interest for me, but having access to both pre- and post-cataclysm worlds in the current game does. Thanks, Era Lanry. There is not... It is not impossible that they will do this but the very fact that they're making classic wow makes me think they're not likely to if you want to look at all that old stuff you can go look at it in classic that's the general impression that i'm getting from this i don't think that they're going to implement it in a live game specifically because of that i think it would be cool and i i'm not tech savvy enough to know for sure if that's like possible based on the logic you proposed it sounds like it would be, but again, don't know for sure. I just don't think they would do it from a business standpoint. Because yeah. why, why make these servers if 
you're just going to give everybody the old zone experience. I mean, I mean, that's the zones are one of the primary reasons I want to play vanilla servers. Like I like seeing the old zones and that is a huge draw for me. And I'm sure Blizzard knows that. I'm sure other people have other reasons for wanting to play, but Blizzard knows that for a good portion of their audience. And they would be kind of shooting themselves in the foot if they offered that without needing, you know, without vanilla. I don't know if they'd be shooting themselves in the foot because we have no idea how they're going to make. Like, is this going to be a separate prescri- subscription? No we don't even know. Be free though. Yeah, no, uh, we, we have no idea though. You might just have to have a WoW subscription, which they like selling anyway. I, I don't know. You don't know. We don't know. So we have no idea what the business pressures are going to be. They haven't but just even in, built it yeah. yet. So these other questions yeah. aren't even yeah. like. Just, Nobody's just thinking about of, that right now, you know. Just in terms of the amount of work they're going to have to do and have already done to get this to work, I don't think they're going to do all that and then just import it into WoW as well. It just yeah. feels like, you know, we, we did all this work for all this to create WoW Classic, and now you don't have to use it because we also just got it in the regular game. It just feels like, why would you do that to your team? Your team's like, what? <laughs> Guys, you hired me to do this. Yeah, and then we just decided to put it over here too. What? Okay. So, yeah, I don't expect that. But in terms of whether or not it's possible, it certainly sounds like it would be possible. Um, just not likely. But they did say that with, with the vanilla stuff, because they're using the uh, the old... I, I don't know. It was it was complicated. They basically said that, like, the whole transmog thing, transmog and... Um, what was the other one that wasn't going to be available? I mean, s- several things aren't going to be available. But transmog was the big one. Achievements. Transmog and achievements. Transmog and achievements, though, were the ones that Look. they're like not possible transmog achievements mounts are not going to be you aren't going to have a stable for your mounts you aren't going to have any kind of like pet battles the pet battle system was not put into place until was it wrath yeah wrath um also i don't i think that the thing that allowed you i think the no pet battles Pet battles weren't missed. Were, were they? Maybe Pretty they sure were. they were missed. No, yeah, they were missed. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm just thinking about there. There were pets. I remember there were, you know, battle pets in Wrath of the Lich King. Well, yeah, if you went back to Wrath of the Lich King, there were pets there. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm yeah, brain but, dead. Don't but, mind me. But, yeah. but the other thing, um, the the little stable thing that they had initially for pets, where you could learn a pet and it would go into your little pet database thing. I don't think that that was added until the pre-patch for Burning Crusade. It wasn't... No, it was in Burning Crusade that that was added. So if you have any pets, those are going to live in your bags. If you have any mounts, mounts, they're going to live in your bags. Like Hunters had a much smaller amount of pets they could have. (laughs) Get ready to carry Uh, ammo. (laughs) You know? I mean, it's it's all that stuff. The systems, though, they were saying, like, it is impossible because they're using they are making the old systems compatible with the new systems um, yeah. which means they're using the old systems which did not have transmog at all like mm-hmm. so yeah. so newer it's systems the old, it's the old database they're not they're using it with their new equipment and new game engine but it's still the old database they talked yeah. about spells they one of the things that spells used to have was a was a hard three function limit a spell could do up to three things, and that was it. Uh, a spell could do no more than three things to a target. It could do this, this, and this, and that was it. Now they can do much more. And that's the old WoW is going to have that limit because that's in the database. Um, they're not going to be anything like looking for dungeon because that was you know, introduced after. That's a system they didn't have back then. Stuff like that. Anything that's not in that database is not going to be here. 
So yeah, it might be just you know it's not a, it's not a question of just it being compatible. It's still the old database they're going to be running. So yeah, it's it's not like they're choosing. Oh well, we could add transmog, but we're not going to. It's them saying we're using the old database that wasn't there. We're not updating. Like we're we're not adding it. Yeah. Okay. So next email is a complete change of pace. This one is from Suggle Kitten, who says hello <laughs> for my night elf female blood elf night elf female blood elf okay all right i just discovered the white (laughs) wedding dress oh wow it's so nice she has the flowers but a hat all the good tiaras are impossible to get what can i use this one i I put in for you because i don't advice guys (laughs) um i'm still i still like night elf female blood elf night elf female blood elf no um the thing that i like using as far as like tiaras and fancy headpieces go the crown of the fire festival is really really nice it kind of glows it's very soft it's very discreet it floats over the head and it's very pretty um however you can only get that during the midsummer fire festival but that's about to start <laughs> oh yeah it, it is isn't it real wow. quick so uh you could get your hands on that get your hands on that and add it to your transmog collection because that one uh the crown of the fire festival you can use it year round you don't need to have the event to use that one which is pretty great Yay, weird transmog rules. Um, yeah, the other thing that I like using, because I think they're just really pretty headpieces all around, uh, the Druid Olduar headpieces are n- they're, they're the moon, the crescent moon, that just kind of rests over the forehead. And oh, yeah. there is cool. a golden yellow one, and then there is a slightly more white-toned one that's like, it's it's muted. It doesn't have the warm colors in it. One of them is Druid only. The other one is, uh, base, it's a leather drop. It's just a leather drop. Um, so if your character, I don't know what class your night elf female blood elf is, but <laughs> if they are a leather wearing class, that is another option. Um, the, the crown of the fire festival is the one that I really recommend though, because that one isn't limited by, um, item type really. You can use it on any class. It's cosmetic. It's a, co- it's a cosmetic. Yeah, yeah. It's a cosmetic. So it doesn't matter if you wear plate or if you wear cloth, you can use it any which way. Um, I think those are yeah. my only two really big suggestions there. They're just pretty. There's, for me, I only know plate stuff really well. I don't really know other classes. There's a thing called Fury's Visor, which mm. is a warrior quest item. It, if you can get it, it actually looks kind of cool. It's like this big... It kind of looks like a sentinel headpiece, but not like the not the ones with the big... You know, not the watcher ones, just the, the ones that the ones hanging out in Darnassus wear. So you can get that. It's not too hard to get. Uh, or you can find there's a green quest item that they added back in Cata, I think, called Princess Puba's Tiara. And that's basically just a nice golden headband, but it's plate. Is that Again, the one, is that actually from the quest chain south of uh, Stranglethorn? Yes, the one with uh, the big monkey. And Princess Puba. Oh, yeah. The Tauren lady who's down there. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. So th- that one's nice too. It's a nice golden forehead band. It looks really cool. But again, it's plate. I don't know any non-plate stuff. I'm sorry. It just S- isn't what Sigmund I do. Sigmund Fritzkow pointed out in the chat channel, and they are correct on this, that there are four of those druid headdresses from um, Olduar. There's two druid only and two any leather glass. Um, and that is correct because there's a 25-man version and a 10-man version, and they both drop now because Olduar has been consolidated. So you got several chances to get your hands on that if you happen to have a leather wear- wearer. I recommend that for anybody's transmog collection because it's just a nice piece. We should move on, though. <laughs> I think we got time for one or two more. Um, this one is from Doomhammer. Or no, Gwizzy from Doomhammer, who says, Hello. 
Has Sylvanas and Jaina ever met face to face? I mean, have they ever sat down to talk or fought directly against one another? It seems to me that they've always been in the same place and fighting for the same goal, but never acknowledged each other as either friend or foe. Thanks, Squizzy. I definitely don't think they're friends. I don't know if I would say that they're fighting for the same goal either, necessarily. Well, I mean, the last time I saw them both fighting for the same goal was against Arthas. Yeah. But even then, Sylvanas was like, let's kill him, let's kill him, let's kill him. Yeah, Yeah, Ice Crown would have been the only place where they would have been kind of same place, same time. The thing is, is if you played Horde and did the Ice Ice Crown five mans, you you ran with Sylvanas. And if you played Alliance, you ran with Jaina. Yeah, but they were both present in that area, is what I'm saying. Logically, Um, that's where they would have met face to face. But I don't think that they did to my recollection there's never been anything yeah never been anything said about it to my knowledge uh in terms of before everything happened sylvanas comes into the warcraft 3 story much later than jaina has left it jaina is hanging out with arthas for the opening parts but then he goes you know uh cuckoo for crazy stabbings by the time arthas is by the time arthas kills sylvanas and raises her as a banshee. Jaina's already got her group and on her way to Kalimdor. Can't watch you do this, Arthas. Because you're doing it horribly. You're just terrible at this. God, you're terrible at this. <laughs> I'm out. Um, with, Sorry, I'm never gonna. Much. They they do see each other like they are in the same fight in Battle for Azeroth. Like there is a moment where that happens. Yeah, but even then, there's no actual direct conversation. It, yeah, them. yeah, but. but uh, I think... It's yeah. yeah, and we're not talking about the next expansion because it's not out yet. We're just talking about like prior to that. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, they've seen each other because in war crimes they were both at Garrosh's trial. I'm sure they know of each other. I mean, I doubt. I doubt highly. They're that aware of, them... of each other's existence. I don't think it, that Sylvanas like cares a... about Jaina too much. Yeah. It's and not Jaina... like a Garrosh thrall thing where like. They're yeah. constantly like, "Er, I know you," and then it's like Makara, and it's like eh, elements. Uh, it's and... more like you know. And on the other side, there's that person. I mean, the same way you would know about people who are just famous. They're both famous. They know about each other because they are. There's no way that Sylvanas could could afford to ignore the former head of Dalaran, who was the head of Theramore before that, and is descended from the ruling house of Colteris. And Jaina would have to be some kind of blinkered idiot not to know who Sylvanas was at this point. It's just, yeah, they know who we are, but they don't, they don't have any interactions that we can speak of. At least okay. I don't think so. Okay. Um, one more email, and I don't know how to pronounce this name. Um, anyway, uh, I'm, I'm going to try it here. Daikaju? I think it's Daikaiju. Like Daikaiju? Okay. Daikaiju, who says, uh, is Blizzard toying with adding... Final Fantasy style dragoons to World of Warcraft. We had those risen lancers in Blackrock Hold using the equivalent of the Spine Shatter Dive from one of the Final Fantasies. Um, Captain Faria on Argus makes her entrance using a light based version of Dragonfire Dive. Also, survival hunters used a lot of dragoon style attacks in Legion. Uh, if you notice, the, drag- the thing that Captain Faria does is actually exactly Heroic Leap. Yeah. It, it just has a light based animation, it's still Heroic Leap. Um, I don't think you could just easily say they're toying with adding arms warriors to the game, except, you know, we're already here. Honestly, I think that the petless survival hunter is probably the closest they've come to doing anything kind of like that. Yeah. And that's because, you know, they, and they're backing away from that in, uh, yeah, it's changing battle for Azeroth, but it's super fun according to, um, Ted. So, yeah. So not necessarily, it's not, the thing is that the Dragoon is not itself a unique archetype. 
It's something other games have had. It's basically, it's basically polearm based warrior type. Uh, yeah, Dragoon not... is not unique to Final Fantasy. It's just they've been featured there pretty heavily. Yeah. I mean, the name might be. I've I've never heard it used. I, I the style use, of combat. I think they use Dragoon yeah. in like um, Fire Emblem as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it's just, no, it's it's not unique to Final Fantasy. It's also not like its own exact archetype. It's just kind of it's a different name for warrior almost. Yeah, it's like, just it's, it's, there are slight it's, variations, obviously. But... They actually have straight up other games have lancers, and it's still basically warrior who uses a pole arm and does you know stuff based on having a long reach weapon. That's all it is. Uh, WoW doesn't really have that because WoW doesn't have reach. Like you don't really. If you're using a two-hand weapon, you can hit things as far away as anybody else can hit things. Yeah. It's not like using a two-hand weapon gives you more reach in WoW. You, your, your reach is the same. So that aspect of it's just not there. And the mobility part, it depends on the class. I mean, like, paladins don't do a lot of jumping. But they have, you know, that... I'm Some a horse and go really fast. Death knights don't do a lot of moving to you. They make you come to them. Uh, Maticus you also... Still points out in the chat channel that dragoons are even used in starcraft so see yeah I don't play a lot of they're starcraft, totally so. <laughs> different in starcraft though they yeah, are starcraft like starcraft yeah. starcraft dragoon is just a word it's nothing like the final fantasy but basically they're not toying with adding final fantasy stuff necessarily it's just that these are all fantasy games and so they have similarities pretty much but that wraps it would up be it eight. would be cool though like I, i'd be you know there are lots of arms warrior. No, but there are a lot of pseudo classes in like NPC world that are kind of the buildings of a new, uh, I guess, newish class, but not quite there. And I don't think they would actually turn into a class okay. like spellbreakers. Well, that wraps us up for emails. That also wraps us up for the show. Blizzard Watch, it's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Anne. Uh, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Podcast or Blizzard Watch in the subject line so we know it's for the show. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast, and we'll be here next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 